welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. Are you ready to get inspired? Well, check this out. Barely hitting 30 years old, he has 50 doors. So you can never use age as an excuse. Guys, on today's show, we're going to find out how he did it. Lots of different tips, nuggets, systems, software that he uses to really make this tear and dream come true. If you're loving this show, please smash that bell, hit that subscribe button, share with your friends, comment on the thread how we can make this show even better than ever. So really, really appreciate you. Take the time, make a comment, hit that subscribe button. Thanks so much for watching. Let's take notes, get inspired and enjoy. Hi guys, Joe Mendoza here in sunny San Diego. Welcome to my show. Thanks so much for watching, subscribing and sharing the good word. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very, very, let's just kid around a little bit, old man. No, I'm totally kidding. He's only 30 years old. All right, so he owns 50 doors, ladies and gentlemen. He's making a tear and he's doing this part-time. He's investing part-time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Nick Giulioni. How are you? Man, I am doing so darn well. Thank you for having me on, and I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so glad you're here. This is going to be interesting for our audience because sometimes they have that lame excuse that, hey, I got a full-time job, I'm busy, etc. So I want to dive into that as well. Are you ready? Absolutely. Born ready. All right, All right. so let's pull it back a bit. Uh, before real estate, before USC, what were you doing? Take us on this little bit journey. Yeah, yeah. I'm one heck of a lucky individual. I've got some awesome parents, a great sister, and uh, they really kind of set the stage for me and uh, and, and set me up uh, effectively to, to go on to get a, a degree in, in business at the University of Southern California, where, again, I was just about the luckiest son of a gun in the world, met the, uh, met the love of my life, uh, ended up tricking her into marrying me a couple years later. And, uh, and since then, we've had two very rewarding careers here in, um, in tech. She's in the recruiting space. I'm in the consumer electronics uh, sales space. Um, and thankfully, we started listening to, to all the podcasts, all the great content that uh, the people like you were putting out there. And, uh, and yeah, we, we started kind of diving into the real estate game. That's perfect. Now, share a little bit for the parents out there. Like, it sounds like you had a great upbringing. What were some of the formulas or, or characteristics that your parents had that you really, really admired? And maybe one day you might be that kind of parent. Yeah, um, great, great question. Uh, I'll say that there's entrepreneurship on both sides um, of, of my parents in very different ways. My dad went the corporate route and uh, I just remember driving with him every single day to, to school. And the thing he kept just hammering into my mind was own the business. Uh, and he you know, rose up the ranks and he ended up being a partner at, uh, at a very large consulting company that, that many of you might've heard of. My mom, on the other hand, took a very different approach. She actually had that corporate experience, but actually went out and did the entrepreneurship thing on her own and, uh, and really, um, really is absolutely killing it uh, to this day, uh, continues to grow year over year, despite uh, some crazy things going on in the world. So they kind of set an example for me of you don't have to put up with the status quo. Um, and, and they might not uh, they might not necessarily agree with that, but what that showed me is 
is that, you know, school wasn't necessarily the most important thing. I was, I was good enough at school, but where I needed to focus was my career, getting really good, getting uh, really, um, adding value in, in different ways such that I, I could potentially own that a piece of the business that I'm working in, but then also have that hustle, that side, uh, that side gig that, uh, that I could grow into something that's, that's pretty darn, pretty darn cool for having only done this for about three and a half, four years at this point. That's great. That is great, Nick. Now, Marshall School of Business, that's not an easy school to get in, and it's pretty prestigious in the, in the nation. Uh, what were some of the things that you took away that maybe you're actually even using in a real world? Yeah, this is something that, um, that, that I actually debate. And I, I think, uh, you know, parents might not like this. So cover your ears if you're, you're really big into college. I actually don't think I got a lot out of my experience at USC outside of it being one heck of a great dating service. It worked out great for me. Um, I, I'll tell you where I got the most value at, in college. And, you know, uh, Marshall actually gave me uh, this exposure was through my internships. I was working 30 to 40 hours a week, my entire time in college, it wasn't, it wasn't an option. That, that was something that I, I had to do. And it, it absolutely, um, I, I was earning twice as much, three times as much in those roles, uh, actually seeing the business than, um, uh, than I was getting in the classroom. With that said, I think there are two classes in particular that really stick out as, as having been uh, valuable and something I don't think you necessarily need to go to Marshall to get a really good education in. The first is basic accounting. Uh, that's the kind of thing that you just do on a daily basis whenever you're running a business. So just having an understanding of, of business accounting and financial accounting, just the, the top level so that you can make smart decisions, I think is incredibly important. The next one, um, and again, I don't think you need a, a $50,000 a year education in order to, to get it, is negotiation. Uh, particularly in the, the real estate space, uh, that, that class probably taught me um, taught me more than, than just about anything else and has, has made me more money than just about anything else. But I do think that with a variety of resources that are out there, uh, heck, all you got to do is read uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. I don't know if uh, that's one that's come up on this podcast before, but that um, that is just an absolute masterclass in negotiation. So um, not, not to disparage uh, education uh, completely, but I, I do think that uh, uh, I do think that there are opportunities to get that knowledge without having to, to go to those prestigious institutions. Yeah, I would agree to you in some degree, Nick, for sure. You know what? I went to San Diego State myself. Um, I started at business, but I think I partied too much and, uh, <laughs> and ended up finishing with a different degree, let's just say. But I would say, you know, college does teach you that discipline about sticking to something and finishing it. And I love the perspective you said about networking, because really, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And from the accounting perspective, I, I agree, you know, because like with this um, spreadsheets, what have you, you know, I heard you say something on another podcast about you don't really pay attention to cash flow, but IRR. Could you share with the audience a little bit about what IRR is and what it means to you? Absolutely. And I'm going to totally get this tripped up. I'm going to miss one of these. But uh, generally speaking, there are a variety of different uh, wealth factors associated with real estate and, and buying buy and holds. And, and that's generally my strategy. We can talk a little bit about some of the other strategies I, I employ. Um, but generally, cash flow is absolutely a very, very big and very important piece of the equation that everyone needs to to think about. But on top of that, there is um, there's appreciation on the property. There's the uh, the tax benefits 
There is the loan paydown that happens on a, uh, a monthly basis, uh, in addition to um, uh, in addition to the inflation hedging. Uh, given the environment we're in today, I think all of us can probably agree that there's likely to be some inflation in the future, uh, given s some of the policies that are, are, are out there. And by, by having fixed rate debt, you're essentially getting a discount on that every little bit of inflation that, that occurs. Um, so when I'm looking at an, an investment, I'm looking at essentially what my total return is across all of those five different wealth factors divided by how much I actually have invested in the deal. Uh, and that's been one of the things that I would say is my superpower is finding ways to reduce how much I actually have locked up and, and invested in deals. That's great, Nick. Thank you so much. Now, uh, how did you scale so fast? Okay, because some people are also listening to this, did a little research, and in such a short period of time, was mom and dad giving you a bunch of money? Or what were you doing? Gosh, no, I'd take that bunch of money. Uh, but no, that's that's not uh, not what was happening in this case. No, I um, I would say that I'm the kind of individual, and and I know we're in the middle of playoff season, so uh, hopefully this this resonates with a lot of your audience. But my my mantra is be around the football, uh, find a way to, to to add value, be around the football, don't be looking for yourself, and that's actually the way that I've been able to to grow uh, as quickly as I have. Uh, I've been trying to help people out. Uh, and, and find opportunities. So uh, there have been now, I think three or four different examples where I was just trying to put a deal together for somebody else that had some capital. And I was able to, um, in, in these portfolio acquisitions of a bunch of different duplexes, single family homes, uh, triplexes, I've been able to, to carve out a piece of uh, these portfolio acquisitions such that they were seller financed to me with literally no money out of pocket. Uh, I think up to this point, I'm at like, 40 something doors that I've literally purchased without a single dollar and without anybody running my credit check. That's amazing, Nick. Tell, tell us a little, how were you finding these deals? Were they off market, direct to the seller, uh, letters, bandit signs, what were you doing? Yeah, I'm not that uh, I'm not that smart. I'm not that intelligent. And like we talked about, um, I, I am a W-2 employee. So I'm working um, a slow week is 40. I would say a, a normal week is closer to 50, 55 in, in my current W-2. So I don't have the, the bandwidth really to, to go out there and be a wholesaler. I don't really source my own deals. Uh, so in these cases, these were actually uh, all on market. They were portfolios. Um, but, but what really happened in these situations was that buying a portfolio of properties is extremely difficult. The financing associated with that is, is hard. And so uh, when I'm able to uh, bring partners, bring you know, somebody else to the table that essentially says, hey, I wanna buy houses, Nick, can you help me out? And I, I come with, with essentially their capital, their uh, willingness to, to go out and get financing. Uh, I'm solving a problem for the seller. And in that case, uh, they're willing to reward me in a lot of cases with uh, seller financing with low or no money down. Um, so yeah, these were all on market and I was just the most creative person in the room. Very good. Brain, brain power. That's it. That uh, is it. Well, now, yeah, I don't know about if it's intelligence, but it's, it's creativity. I'll, I'll say that that's, uh, that, that is the, the key to success in scaling in real estate. Very nice. Very nice. So what's your approach to the seller? You, you, uh, ask her, Hey, do you, do you want to carry paper? Do you want to do an AITD? What do you say to the seller? What are some of your one liners or how do you hook them? Um, generally speaking, these are, are in a lot of cases, uh, they, um, you know, these owners, you can, you can look back and you can see that they have significant equity. So you have at least some understanding that, 
all right, you know, if I can bring enough to pay off their loans, you know, through, through somebody else coming and buying a certain number of properties that I can solve their problem. So uh, I will come generally to the table and, and usually this is through agents, um, but I'll, I'll come to the table and say, all right, you know, here's the deal. I, I'm willing to, to come up with 50, you know, 60% of what you're asking for in what looks like cash. Uh, and and uh, the reason it looks like cash is because, uh, you know, financing plus the down payment to the seller is essentially a cash payment that pays off all of uh, the outstanding debts, all the outstanding liens. And I say, all right, and you know, you want to sell all these properties at once. You don't want to have to go do this all over again. Seller finance it back to me. And let's talk, let's talk a little bit about what those terms look like. We can negotiate on the rate. We can negotiate on the term. We can negotiate on the amortization. Um, I've kind of run the gamut with, uh, with all of uh, these acquisitions I've done. I've done interest only. Uh, I've done it for two years. I've done um, you know, uh, a 30 year amortization that uh, expires in six years. Uh, I've done a uh, one that's a 20 year amortization that actually they're gonna carry to term. So then you have to, to understand what the next point is. Do they need that capital? Do they need that cash for something else? Um, and then tell them when they're gonna be able to get it based on the term. Or is this you know, somebody who's retiring? You know, this is again, truly passive income uh, once it's a, a note. And, uh, and, you know, are they willing to, to carry the term? So um, really it's, I, there's no one liner. It's a lot of having empathy and trying to get as much information as you can so that you can solve their problem. Beautiful, Nick. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you where you really got to listen before you deliver. You know, some people I think have their game plan in mind and they talk and they talk and they talk and they don't really listen. And so how could they show empathy if it's all about them and they're not listening to the person in front of them? So that's a great, great tip. Now, um, any any other things you might share? Because you have a nine to five. There's a lot of people that might be listening to this who has a nine to five that's making you more efficient on being a part-time investor. Man, I, I'll tell you, most of the time, I don't feel like a part-time investor. I, I feel like a full-time employee and a full-time investor. Um, it's hard. Uh, that's it, really what it comes down to. And it takes a, a lot of sacrifice. Uh, you know, at this point, I, I sleep, you know, my seven hours a night. And that, that's about it. And I am running the rest of the time. And you know what? I'm willing to invest that time now when, you know, there's no, no kids in my life. Nothing, uh, nothing really pulling at me outside of, of being a good husband. Um, but it takes sacrifice. That's my biggest recommendation. Um, but, but kind of secondarily to that is you need to find ways to, to automate. You need to find ways to scale yourself. Um, so for me, having 50 doors, it, it, for me to be a bookkeeper, it's not a good use of my time uh, at this point. So uh, I have an automated solution that pull, literally pulls in all the transactions so that I don't need to anymore. Um, you know, tax professional, uh, you, you got to start to hire that out. You know, at a certain point, there are tasks that are, you know, your hundred, two hundred, thousand dollar an hour tasks that you um, that you are the only person who can handle it. And then there are the tasks that are the twenty, you know, fifteen dollar an hour tasks. You need to start outsourcing to other people uh, or scaling uh, such that you can automate. And so that that's my biggest recommendation is if I had to handle all of uh, all of this on a uh, a daily basis, I, I couldn't do it. I'm so glad you went there, Nick, because that's one of the things I like to share with my clientele or somebody I'm mentoring or coaching is automation is a key where if you're always a person doing every single thing, you're never you're, you're stuck in a rut, basically. And so share with the audience, if you don't mind, some of your different systems, 
um, software, maybe QuickBooks or things like that, that the audience might benefit from? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure necessarily what the average size of your audience is. Um, I'm probably on the upper tier for the, this particular software I'm using um, and, and probably need to graduate at some point, but I'll tell you up to this point, it's been fantastic. And it's a, a application called Stessa. It's uh, assets spelled backwards and it is a portfolio management and accounting software that ties into just about every major property management software such that you don't need to go in there and copy and paste everything that your, your property manager sends you from their statements. It literally pulls it in there. And if there's a miscategorization, you can quickly fix it. So I would say that's number one. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time on a weekly basis, uh, on a weekly basis doing that. Um, another tool that I really like um, and, and this one is kind of a super nerd tool, but it's, it's really growing in popularity right now. It's uh, called Notion. And it is a, essentially a note-taking tool uh, that, that it, it's hard to describe. Uh, it's one of those things that you just kind of got to go on YouTube, but you can create databases such that you are able to uh, track multiple pieces of data uh, for, um, for your different properties. You know, so for instance, I've got an entire, like it, it is, what most people would have in Excel, I've got up there in Notion. But it cross-links data if there's um, things relating to one another. You can store documents up there such that it relates to one another. So that actually has replaced any type of like Google Drive, Dropbox, anything like that within our business. Um, and and it, you're able to, to customize views so you can see when things are going to go vacant, uh, what projects you're working on, things like that. So highly recommend um, highly recommend Notion. And then this is a simple one. Uh, the, the two that I talked about are kind of bigger tools. The smallest one is actually on my iPhone. It's a, a little application called Shortcuts that uh, I don't know if anybody's tried it, but you can create little small automations such that you can um, uh, automate things. So for me, every time that I visit a property, I hit one button and I type in the address and it literally automatically tells me where, where to go. It gives me directions, but then it also sends an email off to my virtual assistant so that she can expense my miles. Um, things like that, uh, that are, are small repetitive tasks are the things that you can do uh, within the, uh, the shortcuts application. And I highly recommend anyone with an iPhone download it. Nick, I'm so glad you went to the next topic, which was assistance. Now, mm -hmm. virtual assistant overseas in the Philippines or something like that, or locally in the US? Yeah, I used to use somebody who was overseas in the Philippines. And um, there generally was a lot of turnover. Uh, the quality wasn't quite to my level uh, that I was hoping for. And it just took too much handholding. And again, it was one of those I sat down and I realized I was spending more time explaining it than, than I was saving. Um, so more recently have moved to a US-based, um, it's the, uh, I think it's called Time Etc. is the uh, service I'm using. And, and that you can hire people with a variety of different skill sets and they all use the same pool hours. But uh, I generally use one assistant on a, um, on a daily basis who handles 90, 95% of my tasks. And I can give, um, it, I can give a little bit more ambiguous tasks to her and she can kind of come back and she'll ask for clarification in a lot of cases, but we'll actually, um, kind of get across the finish line, which is something that I, I felt was lacking generally when I went overseas. Um, if, if it's something that is, is less, um, you know, less ambiguous. I think that, that that could be a really good option for a lot of people, but I, I don't have a lot of patience for, uh, for building process. Nick, that was a great tip. I've never heard of that company. Now, is it part-time an assistant, full-time? What's kind of your structure and, and expectations with this person? 
Yeah, so she, she's definitely part-time. Uh, I think uh, we're at about 20 hours a month right now. Um, and just kind of uh, assorted tasks at her own time generally. Um, and, and just kind of takes things off my plate that I'm, I'm bad at. And uh, in a lot of cases that, that takes the form of buying gifts for my friends. Uh, like I'll send her, hey, this is the book essentially I like for this, uh, this quarter. Anytime one of my friend's birthdays come up, just send it to them. Uh, things like that that make me, um, again, we're kind of circling back to, to what you previously talked about with networking, um, but she makes me a, a better friend, a better a networked individual um, because I don't have the bandwidth to, to take that on in my life. That's awesome. You said 20 yeah. hours a month, not 20 hours a week. Correct. 20 hours a month. Uh, I think that's going to scale up uh, more and more over time. It's something I'm, I'm still learning how to manage effectively. Uh, I've only been uh, working with her for about three or four months now. So I definitely see that that scaling up over time. That's beautiful. Now, Nick, uh, now your wife, now would you consider her more from just, you know, you have her as a wife, of course, but from the business perspective, is she participating or helping you grow, manage that business? Yeah. Um, so she absolutely takes uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of the tasks that are the things I'm not good at uh, on. Um, and, and I couldn't be more appreciative of that. Uh, she takes on tax payments, uh, which is something that if you've ever gone through Marion County's uh, tax site, it is horrendous. She, she's a saint for, uh, for having the patience to do that um, and, and going through and making sure that all of that's properly handled, we're, we're covered, uh, and, and we're good to go. So I, I give her all the props in the world for that. She handles all of our insurance and, and things along those lines, um, in addition to helping deal find at this point um, and, and looking at um, you know, different properties that, that come up on the market. She's on all the wholesaler lists and is helping us to, to continue to scale. So those are the pieces of the business I'm, I'm not as good at and not as diligent in, and she just absolutely, absolutely takes that on. That's awesome, Nick. You got it going on. So uh, as far as fast forward, Nick, yeah. 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now, what does the future of Nick looks like? Oh, man, isn't that a great question? I'll tell you, um, I don't have a great answer to that. And the reason is I tend to be relatively flexible. Um, I, I think, you know, you kind of you take what the market gives you. Uh, I had no intention of being at the, the scale I am. Um, three years ago, uh, where I am today, it, like that, that wasn't even in the cards. So uh, I, I don't generally, um, I don't generally have a plan outside of continuing to to try and grow and help as many people as I possibly can do the same thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't believe that there's really competition out there. I think it's, uh, I, I don't think this is a zero sum game by any means. And uh, if I can keep helping people, I generally find that it uh, it comes back to me. And so um, would love to to be at a point in in five. You know, five years uh, where we're completely financially free and, and can do what we want and have W-2s be an option. That's awesome, Nick. That is awesome. Now, um, as far as like uh, anything else you wanted to share with the group, the audience, any last words of wisdom? Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, there's been a lot to, a lot I've learned over the last four years. Um, and this is kind of reiterating something that, that I talked about earlier, but my number one piece of advice I'd say, uh, and this is kind of getting back to what we previously talked about, is be around the football. Uh, you never know what kind of opportunities are going to be out there. The more problems you're able to solve for other people, the more opportunities will likely come your way. Um, the next one uh, is just kind of lean into the networking piece. I've met some of my best friends 
here uh, in, in the real estate game. Um, you know, the people that would have been considered my competition are now people I talk to literally on a daily basis and who were, were trying to find ways to do deals together and just uh, find more opportunities to, uh, to, to kind of network and, and grow each other's portfolios. So don't, uh, don't view the people you're, you're working against as your competition and find ways to, to work together. Um, and then the last thing is be a constant learner. Uh, that, that's been kind of the, the number one piece of, um, uh, of advice that I, I've gotten throughout this process. And, and most of the time I've been too dumb to know that things that I've been doing are unconventional. Uh, but then, you know, you end up reading a book and, and kind of seeing that these are things that have, have been talked about and probably could have uh, helped me to uh, avoid many of the pitfalls that, that I've come across over the last three years. So definitely, uh, definitely keep, keep reading as much as you possibly can. Keep listening to podcasts like this one where experts are coming on on a weekly basis to, uh, to, to share their knowledge. Nick, that was super inspiring. Congratulations on all your success. Uh, best way to get a hold of you. Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, reach me at nick at giulioni.com. Uh, also, giulionirealestate.com. There are a lot of vowels in that last name, so I hope that it's going to be in the uh, in, in the show notes here. Um, but I, I respond to everybody. You can also find me on Facebook. There aren't a whole lot of uh, Nick Giulionis out there, so it uh, shouldn't be uh, hard to, to find me. And I, I respond to everybody and more than willing to hop on and, and help people start thinking about their real estate investing. Nick, thank you so much. We wish you well. Great job. So inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So guys, look at the comment thread. If you've seen something or heard something, want to learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you want to learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also, this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on make it a comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, flex with a plex, or make it a comeback. If you want to get more tips, go ahead and go to joemendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like, make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you. Want to add incredible value and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.